This is the Comics Vault Podcast! Let's crack open the vault. So, I'm ready? Hello, welcome to the Comics Vault Podcast, episode number six. This episode is sponsored by Star Labs. We don't make mistakes, we just have happy accidents. If you want to be a speedster, just play with some chemicals and lightning storm. It's as easy as that. Uh, I'm your host, PA Nerd Cosplay. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook under PA Nerd Cosplay, or go to my website at PANerdCosplay.com. And uh, my co-host, who was supposed to be here again today, but, uh, you know, he's always busy. There's always just something that he's got to do. And and today was uh, a special day for the Asgardians. Um, they're having a festival of peace that each year someone is chosen to go to be an ambassador for Midgard, or otherwise known as Earth, and uh, Neil was chosen to do that. So he's up on Asgard, partying up with Thor and Odin and all of them other Asgardians. So, uh, But for real, he was at uh, Heroes Con this past weekend with uh, the amazing local artist Gus Mock in North Carolina. So if you want to know more about that, you'll have to go ask him. So I'm sure you uh, noticed our intro is a bit different. Um, if you grew up in the 90s like I did, then you might recognize some of those voices in the uh, intro. Um, two weekends ago was a very successful Sci-Fi Valley Con, uh, and your boy here got some pretty good interviews with three um, voice actors that were there. Um, Rob Paulson who was, uh, surprise most notable too, is Pinky from Pinky and the Brain and Yakko from The Animaniacs, Roger Bumpus, who was Squidward, and Billy West, who is Fry, Professor Farnsworth, and Zoidberg from Futurama. And, you know, they, they do plenty of other characters, but those are probably their most notable ones. Um, yeah, I got to sit down and talk to them for a little bit, but uh, today we have an interview with Casey Bassett, who is the founder, CEO, king of, you know, promoter of Sci-Fi Valley Con. So, yeah, I got a chance to sit down with him and talk to him about the convention, you know, upcoming plans, what to take to do a convention. Um, but that'll be at the end of this uh, segment here with all the news and comic books and stuff. So we'll get into that. Um, right now, we'll get into what comic books are coming out. There's a, a decent amount, so as always, if they're in your box, go get them. Uh, if you don't have a subscription to them, make sure you get in there pretty quick, or they will uh, disappear. You'll lose them forever. Maybe not, but you get the point. Uh, let's see. We have Captain America number one, which is a blank variant. Um, I'm assuming that's the uh, new series they were releasing. Um Marvel Comics presents number three, Age of X Men, Age of X Men Amazing Nightcrawler number five, Age of X Men Next Gen number five, American Carnage number eight, Appalachian Apocalypse number six, Aquaman number forty nine, Assassination number four, Batman number seventy three, Batman Flash the Button, Trade Paperback Captain America number eleven, Captain Marvel number seven, Daredevil number seven. Deadpool number 14, 
Faithless number three, Firefly number seven, Gideon Falls number fourteen, Guardians of the Galaxy number six, Honor and Curse number five, Howard the Duck number one, Face Smile Edition, Invisible Kingdom number four, Justice League number twenty six, Marvel Venom five pack short comic storage box, Miles Morales Spider Man number seven, Monstrous number twenty three, Nightwing number sixty one, No One's number one. Pearl number 10, Port of Earth number 11, Savage Sword of Conan number 6, Shuri number 9, Spider-Man City at War number 4 of 6, Star Wars number 67, Star Wars Doctor Aphra number 33, Star Wars TIE Fighter number 3, Superman Year 1 number 1 of 3, Teen Titans number 31, Tony Stark Iron Man number 13, True Believers Spider-Man Spidey Fights in London number 1, True Believers Spider-Man Wedding Aunt May and Doc Ock number one. Now that was that was a good issue. Uh, Uncanny X-Men number twenty, War of Realms War Scrolls number three, William the Last Fight and Flight number four, Wolverine Infinity Watch number five, and Black Cat number one game variant. So that is a list of the comics coming out today. Um, also today in Nerd History. America's favorite lasagna-loving cat, Garfield, created by Jim Davis, first appeared in newspapers in June 19, 1978. Uh, he was published in 41 newspapers. So that's a cool little bit of information to give you there. Um, E3 was just the other week, and they released some, uh, you know, a good bit of games for each console. Um, but the one that really caught my eye. They had talked about this um, game two years ago, and it's just now, you know, has a release date. It's going to release, what day did they say it was? Uh, May 15th of 2020. Um, It's Marvel's Avengers, uh, upcoming action-adventure video game developed by Crystal Dynamics and Eidos Montreal and published by Square Enix. Based on the Marvel Comics superhero team, The Avengers, it is inspired by the long-running comic book, mythology, and adaptations in other media. Um, I'm not exactly sure what the storyline is. I don't know the how the gameplay is supposed to be. Um, I don't know if it's going to be like a third-person kind of Grand Theft Auto style, or if it's third-person, uh, you know, RPG turn-based style. It the trailer doesn't really give that type of information. It just shows what the graphics look like, what the storyline's supposed to be like. So, you know, there's not a whole lot of information on that. Just the trailer they showed at E3. Um, and they just released another teaser uh, introducing Hank Pym as one of the characters. There's a, a multitude of characters that you can do in this game. I guess that's not really much of a spoiler because it was in the trailer, but um, Captain America dies in the very beginning of the game, I guess. I don't know, there's a big fight in New York City, and they go after the helicarrier, and they blow it up, whoever the villain is. Um, so, you know, be on the lookout for more information about that game. It looks pretty interesting. I know there's supposed to be another another Pokemon game coming out uh, this year, um, Sword and Shield. I know people are complaining about that because I guess you can't catch them all in this game. I'm not sure if that means that you can't transfer any of your old Pokemon from older games to this game or that it's they're just region specific that you can only catch whatever are in this area and that's it so but i'm sure they'll they'll clear that up and 
you'll be able to, you know, get all the Pokemon and the new ones, the old ones, and there's a, that song that it lasts like 20 minutes for all the Pokemon. It's just going to keep getting longer and longer. I don't, I don't even know what they're up to now, how many they, they have, um, but speaking of Pokemon there, I saw a very sad uh, headline or more of article uh, last week that about Detective Pikachu, the movie that released, um, I think it was May 10th. My wife and I went and saw it that weekend. It's, it's, it's a good movie. It's Ryan Reynolds does a fantastic job. You know, he's, he can play adorable yet, you know, intimidating. And I don't know, just the way he portrayed this Pikachu was just hilarious. Um, but, uh, most of you that played Pokemon should know who Professor Oak was. Well, he is not in the movie, but he was originally supposed to be. But this movie had been in talks ever since the game was even, you know, in development, or at least, uh, you know, being dubbed over for English. Um, they had one and only choice for Professor Oak. And once this person had passed away, they just canned it. Um, Robin Williams was supposed to be Professor Oak in this movie. Before the movie was even in talks of being, you know, written and developed, they said their only choice for Robin for Professor Oak was Robin Williams. There's no ifs ands or buts. Once he and once he passed away, they just canned the whole idea of having him in here, having him in the movie. So I just thought that was, you know, just super sad. Um, but uh, Batgirl is airing Sunday, October sixth at nine p.m. Eastern time. I don't know if uh, any of you, you know, keep up with uh, the CW shows of Flash, um, Arrow, um, what's the other one, um, Legends of Tomorrow, and they just had that Elseworlds crossover event that had, oh, and Supergirl, she's now part of that. They have that giant crossover event that uh, Batgirl had showed up, The Ruby Rose played Batgirl. They now have confirmation that she's her show is going to be October 6th. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, I, it looks like it's going to be okay. I was never a big fan of Batgirl. But then again, I'm biased and a big Marvel fan, so I'd much rather all this Marvel stuff coming out, like uh, Wanda and Vision, that show, Scarlet and uh, the Scarlet Witch, not Scarlet Witch, Scarlet Johansson, the Black Widow TV show they're going to do. And the Loki series. All of this is supposedly on Disney Plus when it comes out. I think it's coming out in like November, something like that. And it's only going to be like eight bucks a month. So, um, but speaking of Marvel and, you know, and Spider-Man, people are freaking out, uh, over Zendaya, who plays Michelle in Spider-Man Homecoming and in the next Far From Home movie. She had dyed her hair red. And someone posted on Twitter that I guess she was in talks for the uh, Little Mermaid movie that they're they're wanting to do. They're working on. Um, they thought she was going to be Ariel, but uh, no, she just said that it was just homage to Mary Jane. And he also put in that he thought that maybe she was taking on the full mantle of Mary Jane, which I, I don't. Not that I don't think she could have played Mary Jane. But I don't like how they have her as the new MJ. Um, 
she can be an, her own character. I'm fine with that, but don't make her another version of Mary Jane or, or MJ. Leave her as Michelle, whatever. I think it's Jones, her last name. I don't know. But if she was MJ, that's fine, but make her have the personality of Mary Jane Watson and not this kind of cool, I don't care, whatever type, you know, girl. That's not Mary Jane Watson. She was kind of bubbly and and cool in the sense of, you know, I'm popular and I, I got a crowd around me at all times, not, I think I'm cool, I'm going to sit at the lunch table by myself and... You know, not that type of Mary Jane, but that's just that's just my opinion. That's me. That's me. Uh, I digress. Um, but uh, now we will get into the uh, interview with Casey. Um, it was a pleasure to uh, sit down and talk with him. You know, we sat and talked for a good 15, 18 minutes, something like that. Uh, he, he's such a real nice guy. Told us about the convention and, you know, can't wait for what he has planned for next year. And, and he'll, he'll talk about... Uh, his um, next convention that he's working on called MementoCon. Um, but yeah, so today is the interview with him. Uh, be on the lookout, not next week, but the following week will be the interview with Roger Bumpus. And then two weeks from that, the interview with Rob Paulson. And then two weeks following that will be Billy West. Um, I'm going to warn you now that the interview with Billy West is a bit awkward because I didn't expect to run into him. I was mainly trying to get to Roger and Rob, because those were the two more, at least well-known to me. I didn't realize who Billy West had done the voice of, um, but I know I wanted to get a hold of Roger because my wife is a huge SpongeBob fan, so we I, I just had to, you know, try at least get an interview with him. But then Rob, you know, he we talked to him, he agreed to sit down and, you know, chat, and he is such a such a nice guy. Um, but yeah, here, stay tuned and, and hold tight and I'll pull up that interview with, uh, Casey and talk to you afterwards. I won't take too much of your time here, but, uh, how, how do you pronounce your last name? Is Bat Bassett? Yeah. Casey Bassett. Casey Bassett. So I'm um, like Bassett Hound. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I'm here with Casey Bassett, uh, the founder of Sci-Fi Valley Con. Yeah, founder and promoter, I guess is what you could say. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I guess I'll first ask why do a convention in the first place? Well, I've been doing, uh, well, when I started this whole thing was about eight years ago, and I used to go to conventions all the time down in Pittsburgh, and um, after a few years of doing those all the time down there, uh, probably back in like 2011, is, you know, one, one event down there, I was like, you know what, I could, I could probably do something like this, and, uh, and that's, usually, that's pretty much the, the whole seed of how the entire thing started, uh, you know, after that, it's just, I kept on thinking about it more and more, about being able to do a convention, and I'd start calling around to venues and everything, and, and eventually... You know, one thing after another led to here we are now, and we have like you know over six thousand people showing up, and uh, it's taken a long time to grow it this big and to have this type of people. It's been a struggle like every year. The, you know, the first uh, you know five or six years, it's it's constantly trying to get more and more people. But now I think we've gotten to a place where the word of mouth alone has been has been drawing a lot of people in. But I do it because uh, I you know I pretty much do it as a hobby. I. Uh, um, for the most part, I work a full-time job for the Department of Labor, and so I also do this in my spare time. And now I'll be doing MomentoCon in Pittsburgh. I saw uh, that in it, May on May 10th. So you guys are having like May. almost the full cast of Supernatural there. That's yeah, we're gonna exciting. have uh, there's probably about 10 people that we got signed up. We we'll probably have at least another two or three announced before uh, before the show starts. Now I'm um, assuming have you tried to get 
uh, Jared and Jensen? Uh, well, they have exclusive contracts right now oh, okay. with uh, the Creation Entertainment Conventions. Oh. Uh, so yeah, they, they only exclusively do them uh, for now. But um, yeah, I do I do it for fun. I, I you know it's a big family event that everyone has to come to. It's a big thing that me and my whole all my friends and my whole gang get get together. Uh, and uh, yeah, we we work work all, all all weekend long to give everybody a good event. They come out too, and uh, you know I just love. You know, everyone's always so happy whenever they come here, and it makes it all worth all the the, the pain and struggle that I have to go through. <laughs> I, I go through all the all the lashing so that everyone else can have a good time. Yeah, we're but at what part is yeah? You call them not you know see uh, how many we're doing part eight now, right? Parts. Yeah, I like, yeah, I like yeah. how you do the parts. So yeah. I'm, I'm assuming we're looking at a, a good sequel for next year then. Or? Yeah, yeah, we we'll have uh, the ninth one. We already have the date for it. It's going to be. It's always the second weekend of June. Uh, after 2020, we have to start negotiating another round of contracts with the convention center because 2020 was the last one we had for five years. And uh, we may end up pushing the date back a little bit further into end of June, uh, considering we have Memento Con on Mother's Day weekend, and it's going to be too hard for me to do two conventions like that yeah. back to back. But um, but yeah, that's uh, I'm pretty excited about having Memento Con. That's as soon as this is over. Usually, I get to have like six months of just a break. But as soon as this one's over, like starting like Monday or Tuesday, I'll be back at. I, I got like over you know, four or five hundred emails right now in the past 24 hours after announcing Memento Con for Pittsburgh, uh, and we've done we've we've been selling tickets like every you know every five minutes there's been a new ticket sale. So people are pretty excited about that one already, and it's just like you know day two of people knowing about it. So yeah. on that subject, like uh, you're talking, you know, you want six months off, but you got to go right into the next one. What's it, what's it take to uh, get a convention started? You know, the process of who you got to ask and, you know, how long it takes to get, you know, the momentum of people, you know, showing interest to, mm -hmm. you know, getting people. Well, uh, I mean, <clears throat> if you're doing it from, from, from the bare bones and in, in, uh, doing uh... a <laughs> flying here. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, well, if you're doing it from the beginning, it takes a long time. If you don't have all the connections and the resources and the money from the very beginning, if you're just doing it from the ground up, not knowing what you're doing, like I was, it's going to take you probably about a decade before you can actually get a huge amount of people to come up every year. And um, and the celebrities is definitely the you know the the turning point or whenever those conventions started to skyrocket. You know, John Reese Davies, I think, was like the first big celebrity we have from Lord of the Rings. That was like f four years ago, I believe. Mm -hmm. And uh, and he, starting with that was was when we started having guests come in, and every year we've we've gotten bigger and better ones. And uh, some years were better than others, but for me, it's just like for the past like four years straight, it just seems like we have a great year. And it's like, how are we going to outdo next year? And how are we going to top everything? And it's just every year, more and more people come, and people with more enthusiasm and more excitement, and everyone's happy and. I couldn't have asked for any more. So. It seems like it's getting bigger and bigger every yeah. year. And, and like and people are running out of space. It's like I have, to, I have to get permission from the guy across the road there that has the <laughs> parking lot. And we come up here for like three hours and cut, cut all the grass. So they, <laughs> we didn't have them to park everybody because it's just overflowing with cars now. Yeah, and you said that the guests are turning point. Um, how, how do you go about deciding what guests you want or, you know, who – who gets you in connections of like saying, hey, you know, I, I know this person or I know that person. And is mm -hmm. it, is well, usually uh, it takes a while for, um, uh, for me, it took a long time to, to make those connections. And, uh, but uh, usually once you start getting bigger, more people start reaching out to you. So like, I have just an endless amount of, of agents and celebrity guest names that people will come out to me. Um, also, like if you have like a, 
uh, a subscription to like um, IMDB Pro. You can usually contact a lot, contact a lot of people now. Hmm. Uh, I mean, doing conventions now in the 21st century makes it so much easier because you can actually get access to like everybody. Uh, I mean, even if Twitter is a great enough resource to try to be able to talk directly to people um, to get you know people interested and. But as far as like who to pick, I mean, it's it's usually a crapshoot. A lot of time, it's like I have I have like an endless amount of people to choose from, and it's usually I'm usually trying to find people. Um, I mean, the supernatural ones have been a really big thing. We've definitely seen a gigantic uptick by like almost twofold probably about since we started having supernatural guests, um, which is why we wanted to do the Memento Con one where we had like a strong focus on people that had roles in that show, uh, but also had all other good credits and a lot of other shows like. I mean, uh, Mark Shepard, who's going to be at MementoCon, has been in like dozens and dozens mm-hmm. of, of amazing different things. I mean, Doctor Who, Firefly, I think Battlestar Galactica. Um, but yeah, I mean, he has an endless list of Amanda Tapping. She's, she's more famous from Stargate and Stargate Atlantis than, than she is from Supernatural. And there's just you know, a whole bunch of other ones that are, have memorable roles. And it is, uh, it is a challenge trying to find some people because sometimes you don't know, some, like especially... I, I particularly try to find people who I don't really have uh, that I'm not really too big that you know the people that uh, I don't want my own biases to mm-hmm. come through because sometimes I think that a guest is going to be really great and it's like if, if I've seen him in a lot of stuff and <laughs> I don't know it but it's always trying to ask yourself like how many other people know who this type of person is and uh, a lot of times with, like, with all the bigger guests the, with the, the celebrities um, they all have guarantees where they have a certain amount that they have to make throughout the weekend and then ever who if you don't make it you know they the promoter is obligated to pay the difference of it. So it's always a big gamble and a big risk. You know, sometimes you can have, you know, between like twenty, fifty, hundred thousand dollar guarantees for some people. Um, you know, some some people have, you know, uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of guarantees. And you have to try to figure out, you know, if people are gonna be able to make that type of money, what's the demographic like for this area. Uh, I can't I can't get too big of a guess because just just the nature of being in central PA is mm-hmm. is a big handicap in trying to be able to convince people to be able to drive this far. For this one, it's just been extremely great. I mean, I, I would say like maybe a quarter or even half of our tenants that came here were probably from out of state. Um, like so many of our pre-sales, we had ones just less than I think 48 hours ago. Someone from Texas bought one and they flew they flew up here. There's people flying from all over the country to come to it now. And uh, it's pretty exciting, and it makes me happy. And I, I, that's why I'm really excited about MementoCon because now I have like, I'm, I have like my, my I've been released to be able to do do whatever I want because I've been limited here with the space and mm-hmm. the geographic location and, and the parking. But now down in Pittsburgh, I'll have a, pop, a population of millions of people. We'll have a parking garage. We'll have over a million square feet to expand. So there's really no limitation to how big MementoCon can get. And, and frankly, I want to keep on growing that as big as I possibly can. If it takes over the entire convention center and is, one, is the biggest convention in the state, then that's what we're doing. Okay. If that's what people want, and I have no, no qualms with, with making it as big and um, as exciting and that for everyone as I possibly can. And also try to make it as affordable as I possibly can, too, yeah. because I, I disdain conventions that, that overcharge and, and, frankly, rape people uh, with thousands of dollars for photographs and autographs. Um, I, I can't justify making people spend outrageous amounts of money for um, meeting people that they love. So that's why I try to keep, from MementoCon, I wanted to make the, uh, the admission affordable for everybody. And that's why I started it at like $30 for the general admission. And, uh, 
And uh, so yeah, that's I, I, I believe firmly that it's better to, ha- to charge less and to have more people than it is to do the opposite. And I mean, some conventions have a different mindset and think it's better to have less people so that there's not as much noise, uh, <laughs> but you're gonna have to end up paying for that, that, you know, yeah. that luxury. Uh, so why start sci-fi in, in Altoona? It, you know, are, are you Altoona local? Or? Uh, well, I live in Johnstown, which is like 40 minutes from here. And originally, I was gonna ha- I was supposed to be in Johnstown. It was originally called Sci-Fi in the Valley Con um, because if they have Thunder in the Valley, which is the big you know biking rally that's in Johnstown. And it's supposed to be at the War Memorial, which is their big, big ice skating re- rink um, arena there. And then shortly after doing that, a couple months after announcing the first convention, it it uh, we ran into problems with the city. They they required each vendor to spend one hundred and fifty dollars for a peddler's license to operate within Johnstown, which, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Uh, Pittsburgh doesn't even have it's like seventy five dollars there. Uh, so that ended up falling through in Johnstown. We had to end up moving it to Evansburg, um, a couple miles up. And then for year two, we ended up going to the Jaffa Shrine in Altoona. And then for year three, we went to both floors. And then for year. four, I think we uh, came over to the Blair County Convention Center. We had the bottom floor, and then we, for the next year, we expanded to both floors, and it's just been getting bigger and bigger, and we sell out tables faster and faster, and the guests are getting, um, you know, we get higher tier guests and a lot higher attendance, and so everything's going good. Everything's going great. Yeah, I always hear people, you know, they're always praising this. Uh, I mean, I've never been to Steel City, but the thing is, like, the first time I heard about it, I'm like, oh, there's a convention in Pittsburgh. I, I kind of want to go to that. I didn't make it. And then I hear, oh, hey, it's again in three months. Mm-hmm. I didn't make it. Oh, hey, it's again in three months. Yeah. And to me, you know, that's just not exciting. Yeah. You, the, it doesn't build up excitement just for, oh, if you miss it mm-hmm. this month, come back in three months and, you know, yeah. have the same people and, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that, that's one thing. It's, uh, I understand why they do because they're gonna. They have people who are gonna come every single time. You know, whenever they have like 700 vendors, and each one of them all are gonna come back every time, and then they're gonna have the same attendees who are gonna come back for every one of them. And I mean, that that's their business model, and they're making money off of it, and that's what they want to do. But um, for them, it's just. I assume for them, it's just they want to. You know, it's just money, money for them. But for me, it's not about the money. I don't need the money. I don't do it for the money. Um, I don't even really take a paycheck from this. I've never taken a paycheck in the eight years that I've done it. I just put the money back into the convention and I keep on investing it into itself. And I think that's part of the reason of why it's so successful is because we just keep on reinvesting our, our resources back into ourselves and don't want to make a, you know, take a gigantic cut for ourselves. And, um, but yeah, and I, th- I, th- I think it's really important to be able to have it once a year instead of doing it multiple times because it's, uh, I mean, people get, decent, get you know, um, it gets diluted a lot of times, and it, it loses its, its specialness if, yeah, if, if if people are constantly you know going to it every couple of months. Um, I think having it once a year, it, it, it people get really nostalgic to come back mm-hmm. to the convention after a year of of having a good time. So I I, I think that if we had, I mean, and oversaturation is a big problem, and people ask me about that also about am I worried about oversaturation in the Pittsburgh market? And I'm like, not really. <laughs> I was like, because I mean, there's not really that many actual types of Comic Con or pop culture conventions in Pittsburgh. I mean, we have Steel City that is three a year. We have um, Three Rivers, um, which is usually in May too. But they're more focused on the comic book centric. They're 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 the old school Comic Cons. You know, they're mm-hmm. not focused on the celebrities. They're focused on the actual comic books. Um, which I mean, New Dimension Comics. Todd McDivitt runs it, so that's that's his thing. That's his 
you know, that's he likes the old school Comic Cons, and that's how he wants his done. And and that's and but for me, I want I want to be able to I want to be able to have it as as big as I can. I want to have as many uh, people come in, and I want them to all have a good time, and um, I want people to you know really be nostalgic about the convention, and have like a life a lifelong memory. Um, you know, if you're going to have a convention three times a year and you're going to have it for 25 years, I, there's, for me, I, I, I just, just, just imagine it just, yeah, it's all, it's all just a big blur and all just runs into each other. And I mean, that's why I also do it in, in parts uh, mm -hmm. because I think that, uh, you know, I originally, the, I started that whole thing as kind of like a Back to the Future thing, part one, part two, part three, and then now I'm in part eight all this time <laughs> later. And, uh, at least in this case, you know, the sequels aren't worse than the, the originals. So oh, yeah. Yeah, so we actually start getting better. better. It's one of the first times whenever that, that method already has been used yeah. where the, the movies keep getting better. And i got to say, and as, as a cosplayer myself, I think doing it once a year really helps that because, you know, you get excited, you know, it's like, oh, it's coming up. I have a year to prepare. Mm -hmm. You know, i, I got to do this costume. You know, I have this much time to do it. Or And even the excitement of the deadline saying, oh, I've got a week left to do this, so mm -hmm. i got to get this finished. And once you're there, it's like, you know, this was a great weekend because it took so long. Yeah. People admire it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's all the hard work that goes into it, and people. You know, that's another thing. People spend all year looking forward to it. I mean, it's just like Christmas and everything else. You know, <laughs> it's, it's a, a once a year, an annual holiday. If we had Christmas two, two or three times a year, no one, no one would care. Yeah. Um, so you know, that's why I think it's in. Uh, that's why I think it's important to, to keep on just doing things the way I'm doing, and I think uh, my intuitions haven't let me down yet. Yeah, uh, well, I guess we'll wrap, wrap up. But the last question is, so what happened to the mystery machine? I saw you blew oh, a tire yeah. off of it? Or? Yeah, well, it was more than that. We, uh, <laughs> I suppose I had the mystery machine up here every year. It's a 1965 Ford Econoline. And we had it loaded up in the back to drive up here uh, for the convention. And my girlfriend is in the back of it with her cat because we had to bring it up to her grounds to watch for the weekend. And as we're driving up here, uh, luckily we only gone like 35 miles an hour, but the uh, bearing broke and the Ooh. tire axle came off of the mystery machine on the back driver's side tire. And that was... Uh, a scary event for me whenever you lose a third you lose your fourth wheel and it goes flying 50 feet away uh, but yeah the entire axle came out and now it's sitting on the side of the road until next week until we can get it fixed but luckily I wasn't going on the highway or I'd probably be dead right now um, glad you're okay and yeah and then not, luckily no one else got hurt by by the, the tire <laughs> and the axle still flying off but we'll I'm, get that fixed and it'll be here next year and I'm we'll sure have it down are. at Memento Con also because uh, um, you know all the Supernatural fans and uh, Scooby-Doo had a crossover episode, and uh, and uh, I think I think everyone's going to have a good time. I'm sure people are excited to see that car, you know, alongside the road. It's like, hey, look at that. Yeah, yeah, I know. I put a sci-fi sign in front of it so people thought it was intentional. <laughs> hey, so there you go. Good, you know, impromptu advertising, so. Yeah. Well, it was uh, good talking to you. Um, hopefully have a good rest of the weekend. And, yep, uh, and we're having an after party tonight at uh, Holiday Bowl from 9 to 2, and I guess I have to go over to that, even though I'm <laughs> exhausted. And then I've, I've been running on four hours of sleep every night for the past like four or five nights. Oh, so uh, I'll, I'll be happy to have, have this over and get a good night's sleep and start it all over again on Monday. <laughs> get back right to it. Yep. All right, well, it was good talking to you. Yep, thank you. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We upload every other Wednesday around 6 a.m. We have another podcast coming out. If you're into Magic the Gathering, that's the topic. It's either releasing the end of this week or uh, sometime next week, so stay tuned for that. If you ever want to see Neil in his natural habitat, just come on down to the shop in the corner of 12th Street and 12th Avenue in downtown Altoona, where he has tons of collectibles, tons of books, cards, and more, where he also has events like Pokemon, Dragon Ball Super, Yu-Gi-Oh!, and Magic the Gathering. 
So check them out. And until we crack open the vault again, see ya. Side, Mr. Oh.